Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. Today is Sunday, May 22nd, and we are 104 days until kickoff in Auburn, and life is good. Uh, this is your host, Nick Tully. I'm joined today by Cody Fowler, our uh, third amigo. Uh, ben is traveling right now. Is he in Kansas, Cody? Yeah, KC for a wedding. Yep. Nice. Well, uh, Ben will be sorely missed, but we will power through anyway. Um, today, we plan to talk about, um, we're going to do kind of a roundup of top 25 rankings too early top 25 rankings as they're affectionately known among the college football media community. Um, Clemson's prominently featured in those, so we thought we'd take a look at what the national media, kind of other college football outlets are saying about Clemson, just so we can start to get a sense coming into the year what to expect, you know, when preseason rankings come out, all that stuff. Um, But Cody, before we get started, what are you drinking over there? (laughs) I'm drinking coffee, but Full disclosure, my month of sobriety ended after like three weeks, but and I have some conclusions on on what alcohol can do and what it won't do for you. So, it, yeah, if you drink too much, if you drink in excess, it, you'll definitely feel bad. You'll feel hungover. Mondays will suck. But if you drink in moderation, alcohol will make your life, this is my theory, 10% better. Just casual drinking, you know, beer here and there, a nice IPA on a, on a Friday afternoon. Please. I mean, yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Uh, when you say <laughs> when you say better, do you mean you're just gonna feel better? You have a better time? What's going on? I think it's What's everything. The- it's the anticipation. It's being able to you know go out in the park and have a beer as opposed to not have a beer. Ten mm. percent better. Go to the oh here's a here's a good one for Clemson fans. Go to the tailgate. Now this is more of like a thirty or forty percent better. <laughs> but have a beer. I have a Bud Light. Tailgating would be nearly intolerable without drinking. Just because I don't know. I mean, you can definitely, it can be done, but so much better. They wouldn't drinking. be all day long if you couldn't yeah, drink. exactly. Um, well, I'm glad to hear you're back on the sauce. Um, yeah. So keep drinking. I encourage all of our <laughs> listeners to keep drinking. In moderation. You know, in moderation, Don't yes. drink and drive. Wait till you're 21 or, you know, ah, you don't need to do that. But um, <laughs> I'm also drinking coffee. No beer this morning. Yeah. Uh, just hit noon here on the West Coast. So maybe I'll crack one halfway through. But um Anyway, good to be back on the air here. Um, maybe to get us started, Cody, we can just do a quick rundown. We looked at a few different media outlets out there. I mean, typically around, and you know, we're trailing into the end of May at this point. This is when you get publications like Phil Steele, like Athlon Sports, um, and like the Sporting News. Those guys publish their like fifteen dollar, twenty dollar college football preview magazines. You know that they profile every team coming in. Who's returning who from last year? How did their season end? They do a little bit of forecasting. Um, all of these are coming out now. And to kind of keep up with that, I think the trend you're seeing is like you get the Fox Sports's of the world, the ESPNs, the Sports Illustrated, the CBS's. You know, they don't want to miss out. That magazine industry is like a tens of millions of dollar industry. We all we all love buying those. We have our favorites. Um, so they're getting in on the act with these, what they're calling like too early top 25 preview rankings. Um, Nobody knows in May like what this is going to look like. So much could actually change between now and even August. You know, you've got a whole crop of true freshmen coming in that um, 
did not enroll early, even in Clemson, we've got a number of guys coming in that can crack the two deep um, that we're not really sure what's going to happen. That certainly is going to propagate throughout the top 25. You know, injuries can happen, um, suspensions and arrests can happen, as we'll touch on here. So, you know, it's still, again, way too early, but, you know, these guys got to sell ad impressions and media clicks. So, um, you know, this stuff comes out. And like I was saying, I mean, I think I think it's it's worthwhile at least to, to start somewhere, set a baseline for ourselves of, you know, from the national perspective, where do you, where do these experts, quote unquote, see Clemson coming in? And it's so much better this year because we have a dog in the fight. And even last year, what were we top? We were top 15 by, in most polls. Right. Some had us top 10. Most had us about 13 or 14. And this is the first season where it's not just we have a dog. We're like legitimately top five, but we're being talked about in, in you know with Alabama's, with the LSU's, Ohio State's, um, the Michigan's, and all those other guys. So it makes it adds that much more intrigue, um, and we get to see. And I think there's been a little bit more focus on Clemson. I think you know you you, you go to ESPN's college football page, it's pretty obvious. There's there's a story almost every other day about Clemson. Mm-hmm. They know we're, you know, we got Deshaun Watson, legit Heisman contender. There's a lot of Dabo Sweeney, like, bio-based stuff coming out throughout the offseason. Yeah, tons of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and they know what they're doing. They know that these big marquee games, the Florida State games, if Clemson makes it to the playoff, that's a ton of revenue. And they want to build us up as the brand. They want to make the casual fan and you know, in Oregon or wherever, they, they want them to know about Clemson and not to feel like, wow, this is this like, you know, like the last year, like this is TCU coming out of nowhere. Like yeah. we know about this team. We're an unknown commodity. And like you get that sense. And I'm not going to say it happened overnight, but it it has happened in an off season. A lot yeah. of that had to do with the, the playoff the, and particularly the national championship game. Yeah. And if you want to talk about near term, like past two, three, four, five year history, I mean, forever we were kind of like on the outside looking in at the BCS, if you remember that. Like we never got we never got into the BCS in any of those bowl games when that was going on. Then we got into the Orange Bowl. We're not going to talk about that first game that we lost. Um, but then, you know, that kind of became the, I don't want to say the new normal, but we were, we were playing for ACC championships. And if we lost FSU and didn't qualify well, we were still getting those at-large bids. And, you know, we were kind of in that, maybe not the the elite tier but that next second tier and i think over the last you know obviously the 2015 season that's where we elevated into making the top top four playoff qualifying for the natty and just based on who we've got coming back you know these guys are hedging their bets or they think clemson belongs you know really in the conversation for this year's playoff yeah and i mean that's where that's where it gets exciting for us because our team's our team's talked about, and I think all of the bitching and moaning by Clemson fans, and a lot of it rightfully slow, rightfully so, ends this year. I feel right. like, and I, I think the national media yeah. will. No longer late. can we play the disrespect card or the you know you're not giving us our due. Like it, you can complain about us being number five instead of number two, but I mean, come on, that's right. what was me, right? Yeah. Well, why don't we get into these rankings a little bit? Um, just you know, rattle off the list here. Um, and most of this we we gained through listening to podcasts, actually. Um, certainly these guys have their rankings published on their websites or they want you to buy a $15 glossy magazine, um, which, you know, we'll probably pick that up just to take a look at some of our opponents in more detail. But um, we'll start maybe with Athlon Sports. Um, they have their Cover 2 podcast. I'll just quickly run through their top five. Um, they've got Bama at number one. Uh, they're picking Florida State as their number two team. Then they've got Ohio State at three. Clemson at four, Michigan at number five. 
so it's interesting here, and we'll start to see as we look at a couple more of these. It's it's really about where does FSU and Clemson like where do those two teams who what's the pecking order there? Who's before whom? And really, that's going to be that's going to be determined on that October 29th date in Tallahassee when we go down there. Um, I mean, that game should be circled. It's circled on our calendar every year, but you know when we look at all the other teams that we're going to play, no one comes. I mean, there's probably no other teams ranked in the top 25 on our schedule. Um, Florida State actually has a harder schedule than we do this year. They get some of their tougher games at home, like us in North, North Carolina. Um, but, I mean, they, they got to go to Miami. And um, I think they – where do they play Old Miss? I think it's in Orlando. It's in Orlando, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of neutral, neutral site. But um, anyway, I think that's that's just biggest game overall. But interesting, I mean, I think the common trend here across all these guys is Bama number one. FSU Clemson in some order, and it seems like Ohio State Michigan in some order also. Yeah, it's amazing that Ohio State is still there. They have they three, put twelve guys through the draft this year. Three returning starters on each side of the ball. Yeah, yeah, a ton of NFL talent gone, but right. they've recruited as well as anyone. And everyone will give two coaches and and Jim Jim Harbaugh might be in, might be the third. They'll always give these guys the benefit of the doubt. Nick Saban right there at number one. Yep. After Urban losing, Meyer. I mean, yeah, there's like. After losing a defensive coordinator, of course, yeah, Urban Meyer, they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, Vegas is giving, I think, Alabama seven to one, Ohio State seven to one, and then Clemson eight to one. So uh, I don't know. It's 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 kind of surprising. Um, FSU is like going back to what you're saying. It, it's surprising to me in that that um, they do have the game at home against Clemson, but a lot of polls have them over Clemson, and we have the best player in the in the country coming back. Well, not only, not only do we have the better quarterback, I mean, who who is going to be their quarterback? Is it Sean McGuire? Is it... I think they know it's Francois. Yeah, or they know and, and, Francois. But they don't know his upside at this point. And you're, have, you're having to bank on him being, like, having the surprise year that Jameis Winston had. I don't... Like, that's unprecedented. I don't know what kind of... I, I don't know how they can assume that he's going to be that good in his first year. Um, and, e- and even so, well, like- and they have they have hard games throughout. I mean, they they start with Ole Miss, like we like we mentioned, um, and very quickly they get into the Louisville's and North Carolinas. So there's not much kind of runway for him to get up and running. After those games, it gets a bit easier. I think they get Wake, um, you know, before they play us. But yeah, right. tough sledding to start a career, certainly. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's good. He takes his lumps early, and the the game being in October, maybe that bodes better for for them. But you know what's what's interesting interesting too is I've seen not just the top twenty five polls where Florida State jumps ahead of Clemson, but also coaches polls like ranking Jimbo Fisher. It's still this like national narrative. It's a it's unquestioned that Jimbo Fisher is the top coach in the in college football. And I I want to question that. I want to argue top with three that. coach, right? Top four. I'm talking. About, I'm sorry. In the ACC, oh, the ACC so he's it. always penciled in. I'm sorry. In the ACC, ahead right. of ahead of Dabo, and I'm like, is that is that really warranted? He did win a national championship. Something to be said for that. But you also had a very very good quarterback that year. You had a very good team. The 2013 um, Seminoles are arguably. I mean, I'd put them one tier below that 2001 Miami team, but they're arguably one of the top five college football teams ever. And Jimbo Fisher deserves a ton of credit for getting in the, in the position to be that good. Recruiting certainly is his forte, um, but every other year though, right? He's underperformed, mm-hmm. and every year it seems Dabo over the last four has outperformed expectations. Right. Not winning a national championship, but at least getting us to that on that platform and and getting us there. So I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just saying like 
there's a few things. But he's um, not coach of the year worthy. He, well, he did win a coach of the yeah. year. And you called that, by the way. You said, I think it's time to look at Dabo. Yeah, and I thought, sure. yeah, yeah, I it, thought it's probably, it could happen, maybe not. But mm-hmm. when your penciling is like 13 preseason, you have 12 spots to go up. And that's how they look at it. How, how much do you outperform Over, expectations? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, sort of elsewhere, we looked at um, the Fox Sports kind of two-headed monster of Stuart Mandel and Bruce Feldman. Um, interesting, these varied a little bit, but these guys introduced LSU as a top five team. Uh, I think every year we're all aware LSU recruits like crazy. Louisiana is a hotbed, and um, certainly Les Miles has that state on lockdown in terms of recruiting. Um, Bruce Feldman had Clemson number one, LSU at two, Bama at three, Florida State four, Michigan at five. Um, so interesting, you know, Bruce Feldman picked us to be number one, and I don't know if that's um, strictly based on what we showed. He saw um, Alabama losing a lot more than we've lost, especially on the offensive side. Um, and just looking at our path here, I think that that was some of his comments is our schedule sets up nicely for um, our offense to be scoring lots of points. And even where we've got inexperience on the D, um, you know, are we facing offenses that can keep up with ours? Yeah. So. And he, I think he's, he gives more credit than a lot of people are giving credit to our offense. And, ever, and you might think, well, that's pretty – you know, par for the course. Everyone knows about Deshaun Watson and the offense, but he really he he dives to this the the, uh, the additional layer, which is all we ask. You know, right. we, we don't expect Take you to know. Look, then the Heisman guy that's com- Heisman finalist is coming back. Like obviously, it's that narrative. Yeah, right. that's that's as far as they look. It's like surface deep, and it, it's almost yeah. as if, and by some of the the podcasts I've I've listened to nationally, as if it's Deshaun Watson and company, like some second rate talent on offense and that's not the case yeah uh, you're talking about uh you know five-star guys on uh the offensive line at wide receiver uh, nfl mike williams is going to be a probably a first round pick mm-hmm. uh wayne gallman's going to be an nfl player jordan leggett same at tight end i mean it's it's nfl talent all over the roster what was interesting was you know larry williams i think you listened to the interview he came on and uh interviewed with Stuart mandel yep and he's like what's the weakness on offense and he's like you know, Larry's an objective guy. He's like, really, there's not one. It's Deshaun Watson's health. Yeah. So anyway, to kind of come full circle there, it's just it, Bruce Feldman, who is Mandel's counterpart, really accounts for not just that this will be maybe the best offense, but it might be the best and then some. And I would I would say the same. It, it might be the best offense in the in the last decade or one of the best in the last decade. It's, yeah, it has that kind of potential. And I think Stuart Mandel, his counterpart, who has his third, by the way, behind Florida State and Alabama, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm not doubting Clemson's offensive firepower. Um, he didn't go as deep into talking about Wayne Gallman and the playmakers, but I think he compared us to that 2005 USC team that lost to Texas. He compared us to, um, there's one other school here, I think, um, anyway, like where great offenses, but question marks on defense that ultimately cost them a national title, and which... You know, fair enough. I think Clemson is turning over, and you, you and Alex Kraft in the in the interview you guys had on the last podcast covered a lot of that ground on the reality that is our secondary and the defensive end position. That's kind of why he's dropped us back to third. Uh, but I still, I mean, again, it's it's about who's going to put up enough points to make that hurt us. Right, and the old mantra is that a good defense helps a good offense, but a good offense doesn't necessarily help. A poor defense, right? Especially one that you know we could see. I mean, I think that's where ball control and kind of running the running the ball for us is going to be important. 
Um, if, if we're just cranking down the field and scoring touchdowns like at an Oregon type pace, um, our defense, you know, which is pretty thin, is going to be out there quite a lot. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly. I think uh, I think it was Larry Williams that said that if we can establish and really lean on that in between the tackles running game to eat up the time of possession to give the defense a break then that's going to be that's where we can beat anybody and and do it and that's where the offense will help the defense and the the other thing too when even the more knowledgeable national guys when they look at Clemson's season last year they don't they tend to look at the full season the stats and the it doesn't really tell the whole story you have to look at the end of the year where where Deshaun yeah. was mastering that zone read, he could, you know, he, he could, um, he was unbelievable at diagnosing the defense, and he could see where 15 yards lies. He could see if that linebacker was cheating over, and he would make make the teams pay. It's that kind of, and it's not. He's not a run only uh, quarterback, you know. I mean, news alert to the rest of the nation. The Nash, I have not gone back and watched the national championship game. I I'll probably make it to that this summer, at some point. <laughs> um, but I think. Look, no team put up the number of points we did, 40, 40 points, against that Alabama defense, which was talked about as an all-time great defense. And he did it with his legs, and he did it with his arm, mostly to Hunter Renfro. I'm a little bit Jordan Leggett. And that is the reality. That's kind of what, I don't want to call it his ceiling, maybe that's the new floor for Deshaun Watson. And that's the reality that he's coming into this year with. That was against the Alabama Crimson Tide with Sean Robinson and you know crazy stacked um, depth of a defense, what's going to happen against, you know, Syracuse, NC State, Pitt, um, who come into all, all three of those, I think, come into Death Valley. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah, there's, I guess we're saying the same thing. Like, there's no question about our offense and Deshaun yeah. Watson, but it's just like I get going back and Larry Williams made this point so I'm going to piggyback off of that is it's not just how that we might be the best offense in the country. I think most writers agree with that. It's the distance by which we are the best right. offense in the country, and it might be quite a distance. Right. It, it, all position, uh, on both sides of the ball, we might have the best unit in the country, um, Like just like Alabama may have the best defensive unit last year. But anyway, that uh, enough Clemson homerism here. Yeah, for sure. I'm um, just saying it's something that needs to be accounted for. It's not just that we're good, but we might take another step. Well, let me ask you about Alabama, actually. I mean, um, Mark Schleybaugh was the, I guess, third or fourth um, person's rankings we looked at he has bama one clemson two michigan florida state oklahoma uh, finishing out his top five so you know three of the four guys here that we looked at have bama at number one no one had them worse than third i mean they lost derrick henry they lost a sean robinson i think they're bringing back like you know half their starting core on both sides do you see them as the number one team or do you think this is guys just relying on nick saban and the fact that they've won four of seven Oh, it's yeah. You know, it's totally benefited of the doubt in recruiting rankings, and I think I will never argue with Alabama being number one. Not after the job that Saban did last year. Um, I think you. It's hard to not see this team taking a drop off because they really their two elite strengths last year were uh, between the tackles running game with Derrick Henry. Granted, they got another good running back coming in, um, I, but I don't. I expect there to be some drop off there, and their ability to not allow you to run up the. Um, and their interior line strength was just incredible, historically good. So they've turned both of their key cogs of those those wheels, if you will, over and lost Kirby Smart. Um, That's a to, big point. To yeah. add insult to injury here, we've got the arrest of Cam Robinson, their All-American left tackle, um, who was arrested on, it looks like, felony possession of firearms and marijuana, something like that, in Louisiana. I mean, he's 
I don't expect him to miss the season. He might miss a couple of games of the suspension. But um, anyway, you, you kind of get all those things added up. Yes, it's Nick Saban. Yes, they recruit like crazy. They develop, they coach. I mean, maybe this becomes an offensive first Alabama team um, with the Kirby Smart turnover. Maybe they, they need a year to get their defensive footing back. Um, but I just think, like, it seems like the, the SEC West with LSU coming on strong um, has reloaded, so it might not be. I'm just not as ready to call Alabama number one. Yeah, it's definitely a benefit of the doubt. I, I can't see how you would feel more confident about either side of the ball for Alabama right. as compared to Clemson's offense. Now, granted, that's not why Clemson's getting knocked down. It's their defense, but yeah. But you're right. It's it's totally – they don't know what, what they have at quarterback. You don't know that Calvin uh, Ridley is going to be as good because you don't know about the guy getting him the ball. Um, they do have a good tight end, O.J. Howard, but, you know – it's it's totally I mean, but I, again I don't I can't disagree with it with their level of coaching player development and talent that they're plugging in. Well, and is there something to be said for Clemson not being the consensus number one team either, playing with that target on their back the whole year? Um, I don't know, yeah. setting yourselves up for disappointment potentially. I don't know how how could how they ever going to find motivation? It seemed like last year, even when no one really was discrediting them, they were playing with the chip on their shoulder. We were almost wear to wire number one right in the, in the committee's rankings. And they, sc- they, would, they would scour the internet and Twitter for someone oh, to yeah. disrespect them. You can always find someone to disrespect you on the for internet. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe it is a good thing where it will be three or four instead of one. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, maybe to, to put a little bit of a bow on the top 25 rankings, I went back and tried to find their t- these guys' 2015 projections just to see, like, you know, how accurate how accurate are these generally and um you know we see michigan creeping in here i mean michigan they had they had a they started the year i think seven and oh last year until they had that crazy defeat um to michigan state on that on that botched punt at the end of that game you remember that yeah Um, i remember so you know they certainly in jim harbaugh's first year they've got talent they had a great recruiting class we see rashawn gary um still not gonna let that one go but um i i just don't know if they're top five man like He's he's definitely it's another benefit of the of the doubt and Athlon Sports by the way I, I really like those guys I think they're Pac twelve guys but yep. um they one of the guy one of the guys was very open on how much he hates Michigan I think and I could be t- I've listened to so many I could be wrong here mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they thought that if you look at Michigan's schedule from last year all of their tough games Michigan State um, was at home and they and they lost in a, on a fluke thing but really Mich- we know we saw Michigan State wasn't quite the elite team that they you know that they, yeah they don't belong in that. And you know, talk about a team or a fan base that gets slighted. I mean, I don't think they belong in that top crust, right? Um, even Ohio State probably belonged more than they did. I think so. And and going back to Ohio State when they played, I can't remember if that was at. In, it was uh, at Ohio State. It was um, either way. It was a blowout. Oh, against Michigan. Against Michigan. Yes, yeah. Correct. So looking at their their body, Actually, of work. that that was in Ann Arbor. Was it Ohio okay. State blew them out at home? Well, there you go. So and, again, yeah. like I don't. I don't know that a great recruiting year is going to be able to make up that gap against an Ohio State. And then you're suggesting that they can run the table otherwise, and they got some tough out-of-conference or tough other opponents, um, and then close the gap with Ohio State and still keep in the top five. Like, I really question Michigan being in this list. I'd even probably see someone like Houston, who has a much easier path, and they're already in most people's top ten. I think they have an easier or more justification in being in the in the top five of the, when the dust settles than a Michigan. Yeah. And, and there, it just, it goes to the formula of these, of the national media. Yeah. Well, coach, to, 
the name on the uniform and recruiting rankings. Recruiting rankings and possibly returning starters from the previous year. Yeah. So maybe to that point, looking back at 2015's projections, um, Athlon and Schleybaugh, basically theirs were pretty similar. Schleybaugh with ESPN had Ohio State number one. If you guys remember, they brought back most of their team that won the Natty the year prior. So that makes sense. Um, TCU two, Oregon three, Auburn four, USC five. Well, those latter three teams all lost like five games each or more, something like that. So it's crazy that, um, and some of those were based on, you know, Vernon Adams for Oregon got injured and there goes their season. I don't know what Auburn's excuse is. Um, I think their their quarterback was not as good as advertised. He was like a Heisman front runner at the beginning of the year. And then USC, we all remember um, Sark's kind of uh, infamous departure there. His <laughs> intoxication and his... Uh, yeah, his infamous departure. But Athlon last year had Ohio State, Alabama number two, Baylor, Auburn, TCU. Um, so a lot of love for the Big 12. Both those teams got snubbed the year prior. They thought they'd they'd be right back there. Um, but really, I thought the Big 12 cannibalized itself with the way they did their scheduling. Oklahoma played their hand perfectly, except for that Texas loss um, earlier in the year. But anyway, all that, I, I mentioned the 2015 rankings just to show like, a lot of this is based on what happened the year prior. You know, it's all prognostication, and um, chances are, like half this list or more, might not even end up in the top twenty-five. I'm hopeful that I, I, I'm doubt I doubt Clemson would be in that group. Um, I think we we belong. We will we will make it through. Um, but that's where I see someone like Michigan or maybe even LSU. You know, who they're they're very big on based on talent, not being able to put it together, and yeah. they damn near fired Les Miles last year. So now that now they're a top five team, like I don't get it. Ton, tons of talent. Phil Still is no longer there as their defensive coordinator. He, he went to Auburn. Uh, thank Kevin, God. Kevin Steele. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Steele, yep. not the preseason guy. <laughs> um, no, it, it's 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 amazing. I mean, it's okay. I mean, I guess the thing is, it's you're gonna there's gonna be red flags. Look at like TCU. They lost a ton of guys on their defense last year, but you went with the name brand because the year before they they were a top five team. They had Trevon Boykin. A lot of talent back on offense, yep. um, but you got to look at that red flag, and that red flag I think was kind of what Clemson's facing now. Eight, eight guys um, or three guys returning on defense is exactly what Clemson's facing. But when you go to that next level, which I expect, I, I expect that effort. You don't have to, you know, go to every team website and, and, and scour the internet for every detail on recruiting rankings, but at least take that next step of. You know, do a Google search. Look, yeah, at, there's probably like nine teams that have a shot at the Natty this year. Like, right? Maybe ten, whatever. Who who could get into that playoff? I mean, go that surface level deeper, yeah. evaluating those. Um, I think what you'll find, like with TCU, is well, the guys they had plugging in on defense were a lot of three star guys, a lot of mm-hmm. less than talented guys. Clemson's not in the same boat. Ohio State, eight eight guys plugging in. Most of them are four or five star guys, and some of them have already have experience. Um, I can't remember the guy on on Ohio State. Um, who's already looked at as an All-American, you might think, wow, he's not a, he wasn't a starter last year and he's already penciling in as an All-American. Well, that's Urban Meyer, that's Ohio State, but Christian Wilkins is in that same boat. He's not a returning starter, but he's also thought of as an All-American. So mm-hmm. that's what happens when you recruit five stars. Um, anyway, so just my rant just being, take the extra step, you yeah. know, look and see, yeah, Clemson's losing three guys. Well, Corwin Wiggins was a starter in 2014. Like, you know, take that into, into account. Um, obviously, Christian Wilkins... Looking, uh, Kendall Joseph. Kendall Joseph is a is up and comer, and on every level of the defense, Clemson has really really good player Tank 
Boulware and uh, Carlos Watkins are considered the returning starters. So it's it's far from a, a dire situation in Clemson in terms of what's coming back to the defense. Yeah. And give give Brent Venables some credit, man. He's like, right. if you're going to give Harbaugh credit, give Venables credit. Proven Absolutely. track record. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's I'm, I'm being really homerific. I'm uh, I'm, I'm channeling is, my inner Ben here. This is a Clemson podcast after all. Um, <laughs> But I, I don't expect them to know who, um, you know, Dor- I don't expect them to know Dorno Daniel or Kendall Joseph's snap count. Right. But, but know who they are because they were both more or less four star guys. Uh, O'Daniel was a, a top 100 recruit coming out of high school. And I think what contrasted from last year, where Ohio, Ohio State was clearly returning, you know, a great amount of their team and um, they won the national title in such convincing fashion, putting Bama out and pretty much blowing out Oregon. Um, last year there was a clear number one team and then it was kind of figuring out who's going to fit in after that. I think this year it's a little more up in the air and open. Why not us is what I say. Um, I think we, we bring back the best position unit or sorry, the best side of the football in the country. I don't think anyone has as dominant a defense as Clemson is dominant or should be dominant on offense. Um, and then to your point, I think we've got a good amount of pedigree coming back, coaching ability that's proven you know, the capability of developing guys and turning over after a a prolific NFL draft decimated the roster. Um, So, yeah, I think we probably belong in that number one, number two conversation. I mean, of the other teams that also belong there, I I actually do think FSU is like we should be mentioned in the same breath. I mean, they've got question marks at quarterback, um, but their O-line, their running game, and a lot of their defense is coming back strong. They had an amazing recruiting class, so... Um, it's not, it's not just us hedging a little bit here. I think it's FSU's right there with us and you can go ahead and throw Alabama in based on that track record and what they do. I think it's really those three. And then if you want to, if you want to include Ohio state based on what they do, but losing 12 guys and that's, that's a big hill to climb. Yeah. And I think another part of that benefit of the doubt comes in that national championship run where a lot of first year guys that were also four and five star recruits right. came in and they outperformed. They, they always say they were a year ahead of uh, expectations. They were supposed to be a 2015 national championship team, but they won a year early. Um, well, that was the case. Um, I think that's why they get the same type of credit going into a rebuilding year, a reloading year. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's where going back just on a higher level, that's what the elites do. And that's why I think Clemson should also be, be begin to get a little bit of that benefit benefit of the doubt because of the reloading, not just a rebuilding. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you on the topic of Clemson, Florida state. Um, do you think there's a scenario where either both teams could get into the playoff? Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is um, the narrative and it's, it's like we all have this common line of thinking for a lot of things, but it can change really quickly. And I think something that it's changing, and I've noticed this from a lot of the national media, is it's not just that um, Clemson and Florida State are right there in the you know top four, both of them, but they also believe that they both can make the playoff. And you're like, well, that can't happen because... Well, let's know, talk about what it would take. Yeah. Like, okay, there are five, it's the power five, right? Five conferences that... You would you would think the champion would have a say of being in that that top four um, before you get a second team in from a conference which would not have won a title. Pac-12, no clear favorite team this year. I think Washington is projected to win the Pac-12. And they're basically gone 500. They're not in the for top the last 10. decade. They're not in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, the Big 12, we all know what what they tend to do to one another. They don't have a championship game yet. 
Um, they really need a prolific team like Oklahoma a year ago to beat everyone in their conference except a crap team. And Oklahoma's playing Houston and Ohio State at a conference. And Clemson kind of exposed them last year. So they don't, in some ways, even though they're the big, they're the brand name, they don't get the benefit of the doubt. Right. They can't play, you know, big boy football in the trenches. So I think they're going to be discounted a little bit. And I think a lot of even the, the committee members will remember that game. Um, so Clemson really uh, may have helped their own case going into this year. Right. Because that that is a big part of it. Pac-12 top team is not in the top 10. Big 12, you're really looking at Oklahoma, maybe Baylor. Yeah. But we know what's going on with Baylor. Baylor's got their own problems right now. I mean, the other, the other two factors that might preclude that from happening: Notre Dame. They're they always it. in the picture. If they have one loss, they get in over. They Clemson. get in almost no matter what. And then um, Houston. You mentioned Houston. They're on a lot of people's top ten rankings um, off a phenomenal first year um, from their their head coach. And they do play Louisville at a conference, and I think they play Oklahoma to start the year mm-hmm. in Houston, not at their stadium, but at, at the Houston Texans NFL stadium. Um, so Houston's a team where they could get a couple of out-of-conference wins and then run the table in the AAC, and there they are, undefeated. And Louisville's the other team they play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you could almost, I mean, that could be a team that we got to look out for as a yeah. kind of an at-large um, non-power five group of five team that could get in if any of that stuff that we talked about happens if you got like a clear big 12 a clear pack 12 um and, and here's name or houston and it, you, everyone's gonna say well that's just this chaos theory but it's not that unlikely this is right. like there's a greater probability that this thing happens in the pack 12 where at least every team has two maybe even three losses that's 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 a great likelihood the other part though is the sec we have a we have a lot of chances not just between florida state and clemson to beat up on the SEC um, preseason, like we said, FSU's playing Ole Miss. Clemson's playing Auburn. Yep, first game of the year, both of those. Yeah, then you have, help me out here, you have Virginia Tech uh, is Virginia playing. Virginia Tech plays Tennessee the Tennessee. first game of the year, too. Or maybe it's it's later in, in September, but they play so. a NASCAR track <laughs> at Bristol. I don't think anyone's necessarily favoring Virginia Tech there, playing yeah. in the NASCAR track. But, you know, Tennessee's highly lauded. They're a top-ten yeah. team, so an upset there helps. And, again, I think what you're talking about is the ACC like if you know yeah. for the ACC to get two teams in we play a bunch of games out of conference against the SEC you've also got Georgia Tech playing Georgia us playing South Carolina Florida State playing Florida yeah um, so there's a lot of chances for sort of the cream of the ACC to play maybe not that Alabama LSU team right we're not playing those two teams but the next tier of the SEC you know if the ACC comes out of that with like a four and two record or whatever it is that could bolster the cause in the committee's eyes of having a one-loss ACC non-champion right. make it at number four. So, so here's the case, to spell it out, and I think this is the more likely case of this happening. Clemson beats the breaks off Auburn, or at least they beat them in the first game. They, they run the table. Louisville proves to be a legitimate top 15 team this year. Um, they also beat Louisville at home, and they lose to Florida State at home. And... This is very a very likely scenario too, because Florida State at home it's a tough game. They can, yep. Florida State's very talented. They come away with one loss. They're the um, they're the non division champ. They don't get a chance at the ACC championship, but they have one loss, and then they're, they're paired up or they're evaluated against a we'll say in one loss LSU team who also is in the same boat because they didn't win their their division in the SEC. Maybe that team is Georgia or it's Tennessee, right. um, a one loss co champ or a, a team that actually does win their division. Does Clemson get in ahead of those guys? 
and that's where that's where that out of conference those matchups early on the Virginia Tech the uh, North Carolina playing Georgia that's where those games matter mm-hmm. um, anyway I, so I, I mean I know this is conjecture but hey this right. is what we do what we do in May but yeah so absolutely it, it feels good to think that you know a, a good we lose to a top we'll say Florida State is what they what they might or what they're projected to be we'll say they're the number one team in the nation the number two team in the nation and we lose to them at home by three points well I think it's I want an option we're not going to drop too far back in, in that scenario and yeah. then, you know, if if November first we're sitting there with one loss, maybe we drop back to like number seven. I mean, the past two three years between November first and when the dust settled, how many teams in the top five end up losing? Like almost all of them end up, you know, except those that right. went undefeated. So um, there's plenty of chance to move into the top four from like a, a number seven position. I think really it's about taking care of business, us taking care of business, Florida State taking care of business. Um, yeah, because. You know, if F- FSU messes around and loses to Florida after we lose to them, that's gonna make that's gonna make it harder to justify yeah. getting us in. Hey, and again, that's yeah. that's in this scenario we lose. We go in and we win in Tallahassee. You know, yeah, we're we're in the driver's seat then. Then my question is, Florida State may well be they could even be the number two team in the country. Um, but what can they do to get themselves in? I think they got to blow the doors off Florida. Yeah, that game's in Tallahassee this year, um, and then. Yeah, that's that's kind of all they have on their resume. I, I think just because they are the home team, they could they could lose to Clemson under that same scenario and still get in. But I think it's just a greater likelihood as being the road team, right? And Good point. but but still, I think I want to live in a world where we don't immediately dismiss the notion of two ACC teams making it to the playoff. Well, because how, how crazy to be if this is the first time it happens where you let two teams in from one conference and it ends up being the ACC. <laughs> it would just be you know, just a incredible. smack in the face to the SEC. Yeah. And what if what if one of those teams like a Clemson gets in over a, an LSU or a Georgia or Tennessee? I mean, and that's where I I know they've the committee itself, the composition of people on it have turned over. I think this is the first year they're starting to replace people from the original. Um, but that's that's a little bit where you got to look at the the composition of that group and how I think How they were biased very, toward a certain conference are they or not? Um, I think they were very objective last year. They said, "Here's our here's our criteria," and right. they followed through on it. I think they did a great job, and they mm-hmm. didn't follow any traditional lines of thinking, like yeah. ACC can't have it's two just teams, best four teams. Yeah. yeah, I think they did a great job, and I think that's that bodes well for us, knowing right. that if we are one of the best four teams, we could come away with one loss. I mean, we always say it: win your games, win your games. You don't have to worry about anything else. But when you do get that first loss, that's when you look at. You know, jockeying for position and yeah. you know, discrediting other people's schedule, talking up your schedule. I um, I was I got on the STS comment board. Um, shouldn't admit this because I was nerding out, and <laughs> someone said you you should. I don't you know I don't want to have this scenario where you lose to Florida State or or vice versa. That team shouldn't be able to get in the playoff. Yeah, but I think that should not be an eliminator. Stupid. It's not because it's not March Madness. This is not a bracket Single. that leads up mm-hmm. to the playoff. These are, this is the regular season, and the goal after the regular season is to get the best four teams in. It's not to eliminate, like you said, it's not an elimination game. Right, and I mean, Alabama's lost to Ole Miss the last two years, and they made the playoff. Um, now, granted, they won their they won the conference. Um, One crazy fluke play from it, not winning their conference. And that was three years ago, too. Oh, you're right. The, oh, you're talking about the, uh, Arkansas, Miss, right, right. the Arkansas Ole Miss lateral play. Right. That was last year. Um, I thought you were talking about the kick six three years ago. Oh, no, no. But, um, I mean, I mean, I also thought about this. Like, what would it take? Let's say Clemson loses to Florida State. 
we would then need FSU to lose two games for us to still have a shot, two ACC games, mm-hmm. for us to, to have a shot at winning the Atlantic and then winning the conference um, as a one-loss team. I mean, I looked at Florida State's schedule, and um, I don't know that I see two ACC losses there. I mean, granted, they play at Louisville and at Miami. Yeah. Um, I- they get North Carolina in Tallahassee, so those are three three games but if they if they beat yeah. us they're beating those other three teams they're just i think they're too good you're right they have a little bit tougher of a schedule than us but i think they're too good at every level too talented right. to lose two games let alone one right right and outside I, of us if you're if you're making the case that we have to get back in the the acc you know championship game to make it back even after a loss to fsu i just i think our best bet is just to hope that things work out florida state take care of the business proves that it is maybe the number one or number two team in the nation and that's the other part of it. Like, let's say Alabama loses to the, some fluke game to Arkansas, and they're a one loss, and we lose to Florida State. I mean, what kind of logic is it to say that well, Alabama lost to uh, like a, a, a worse team, a number forty team, and we lose to number one? But yet they, yeah. you know, they should get in, and we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and I know this is again, it's like a lot of speculation, and you might think we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I don't really think we are because mm-hmm. I think Florida State is legitimately a top five team. And if we lose by a small margin at their place, I think we should have a chance to get back in the playoff and prove that we might actually be the best team in the nation. I mean, all this is setting up most important calendar date this year and really of a really long time other than January 11th this past year is October 29th in Tallahassee. Like, we got to win that game. It might be the toughest game we've played since the FSU game in 2013. Like, mm-hmm. it might be a tougher opponent than even Alabama because it's in Tallahassee. Right. And... This team, led by Deshaun Watson, that defense, um, even after getting punched in the mouth by Dalvin Cook, the first offensive play of the game, held steady, took care of business. Granted, that was in Death Valley with our raucous crowd at their backs, um, but we've seen it from them, and I'm confident you know, going into that game. Obviously, that's six months away from now. Almost six months, five yeah. months. An injury um, here and there like, can yeah, change the whole outlook totally. of the game. But I mean, you know, yeah. We don't want to... There's still two months of the season before that happens. Plenty of exciting football games in that lineup coming up. Um, but that's really, you know, you, you hate to look ahead, but that's, I'm looking ahead. Yeah. I mean, after that Auburn game, and, and Louisville, I mean, I think they're, they, are, they will be a formidable team, but we have them at home. But, yeah, it, it's all about October 29th. You're right. Big time. Um, well, I guess, you know, to finish up on the top 25 rankings, Great to see Clemson and, by extension, the ACC sort of start to get some national clout and credit. I think we've earned that, or the Tigers have earned that. Um, so good to see that finally come through. With that said, we've got to shed our you know, cloak of feeling disrespected. Um, I think we, we're, we're getting respect, and mm-hmm. now it's about can you maintain your position? Can you justify that? Can you handle your business, take care of it? Um, and I, I feel supremely confident in the coaching staff and in the players and the maturity we've seen um, for them to do that and just be laser focused and execute. That's what they call it. Like come in like a, a like a, like a, what is it, a worker? I can't remember what uh, my man Jay Guillermo said. Um, just be very workmanlike. Right. And I take that attitude every day, and I think that's the sting of losing the national championship is is plenty of motivation that they have to draw on. So, yeah. and I've heard them say as much too in, in interviews. So, yeah, they have to take care of business. If you want to talk about getting slighted and disrespected. Yeah, maybe we're ranked number four, or number five well, this year as opposed of, to number one. But plenty of teams with more question marks than we have ranked at or ahead of where yeah. Clemson is right now. So use that as a slight or 
I use that more as confidence in that we're going to be all right coming through this thing. Yeah. I mean, it's really all eyes on that secondary right now for me, but even that's not as, as bad as some would make it out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you're looking ahead to as we, you know, we've got a couple of months now until fall camp breaks and the team comes back. Um, any kind of topics that our listeners can expect us to cover off on at a high level? I mean, I think we'll be looking at recruiting, of yeah. course, as we go. But it, it seems like everything now is more uh, philosophical. Or right. It's obviously conjectured, but that's that's what May and June's for, right? The summer. Yeah. Um, nothing on my mind. Uh, even recruiting. Well, there are there are some camps coming up. Dabo's summer camps, which are big for recruiting. Mm-hmm. We get our names in in the hat for a bunch of the junior upcoming juniors. Twenty eighteen guys. Yeah. Tw- yep. Which that's coming around the corner really quickly. And what's funny is back then, you know, we might get one or two big names. Now we're getting a lot more five-star, like elite players coming to our camps. Uh, and this is what makes it, I'll let, I'll let you talk about it. Cause you mentioned this in a text about recruiting and the rankings, how that's a reflection. Well, I'll just say that if you want to look ahead five years, we'll start looking at these camps, look at the 2017 recruiting class. Things are looking really good. We are competing at the highest levels in recruiting. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like these top five lists the past couple of years are really just a f- reflection of recruiting rankings. So if you want to continue to be, I mean, we talk about is Clemson, I mean, I've read posts like this from national media saying like, you know, great for Clemson, they, they got over the hump, they got, to the, they got into the playoff, they didn't stumble, they went undefeated, got into the national championship game, held their own. Um, but another program, Oregon, has gotten to two national championships the last five, six years. You know, Oregon has not been able to get over that hump, I think, with consistent recruiting, developing players. I mean, they have a, they're just pulling in transfer, grad transfers at quarterback every year. <laughs> never um, had an elite defense. They were so never recruiting, it, like Clemson totally. recruiting. We're, yeah. I think we're, we're beyond where Oregon is, and my brother-in-law works for the Oregon Ducks, so he doesn't listen to this podcast, but um, sorry, Eric, we're, I think Clemson's a little bit ahead of where Oregon is right now but um, ultimately and then you got guys like TCU and Baylor now granted they've they have not gotten over the hump into the playoff or even won their conference Um, you could argue two years ago both of them won it but I think neither of them won it in that case Um, but you know there's a lot of these teams that are kind of like flash in the pan if you want to call them that or they don't have staying power and I think um, recruiting is where you get you know you can turn it's not just about the two deep and not just about the studs and the stars and the guys that go into the league, but being able to have an injury or graduate most of your defense and come back a year later and go from the number one defense to still having someone, still having a defense in the top 10. Right. And then this year, hopefully maintaining top 15, top 20. Right. Yeah. And, and that might even be, I don't know, optimistic. that might be optimistic, but like Alex Kraft was saying, but still it's not it's not out of the equation. And Oregon never, even at their best, never had a top 25 defense. Certainly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the formula for staying power, it's not like some abstract concept. We know what it is. It's it's coaching, we have that, and it's, it's recruiting, which if if the Stuart Mandels of the world will just take that, you know, do a quick Google search of the recruiting rankings, <laughs> it'll see that, you know, there's there's some guys being plugged in. These aren't you know, Johnny walk-ons aside from Hunter Renfro. Um, it's, it's some, it's, we some, do well with those too. Yeah, we do well but, with uh, those too. Yeah, definitely. It's about, yeah. Who are you bring into those camps a couple years ahead? Yeah. Um, and I'll, things are good. And one of the sentiments, I guess that I'm taking from listening to these podcasts and I encourage you guys all to, you know, whether you think it's bias against Clemson or, 
you know, blowing too much smoke at the Big Ten or the SEC. Take that perspective. Like, look at what they're saying, and they're increasingly starting to support us, and and that's good. But um, they keep saying, like, man, life's good as a Clemson fan right now. You guys got to be enjoying life and savor this time because, you know, it may not last or it's been a long time coming. Like, all those things are true. And, you know, here and there we're critical, and we're looking for ways to, you know, slam special teams and, you know, our – our return game and red zone offense, things like that. Like certainly we want the team to get better, but this is the best we've had it. And um, I'm definitely not taking that for granted. Right. And Larry Williams said it in his interview, which I thought was interesting. He said Clemson in 2015 did a lot of things that were uncharacteristic of a national championship team. Like the little things, the little, which we saw those come to be exploited in the national championship game, but special teams, uh, turnover margin, um, red zone efficiency, a lot of things that the coaching staff can that are very much correct plays, twenty and, plus yard plays, right? Yeah, the big the bust and things that Clemson can take into the you know things that can very much be improved Coached, on that don't yeah. that don't rely on uh, you know freak athletes like Shaq Lawson to come in and fill you know the void. These are things that they can correct during the off season, and the same guys that are coming back will you know they'll pay a lot pay close attention to this special teams being one. Um, we'll Sean Watson's accuracy. I, I want to pause there and replug that podcast. Um, Larry Williams, Tiger Illustrated, there you go. beat writer. Um, he went on the Audible podcast. That's Fox Sports. Stuart Mandel, Bruce Feldman co-hosts the podcast there. I think it was May 19th, last, I think it was Thursday of this past week um, when he was on there. You guys definitely should check that out. Great interview um, from Larry, especially for those who don't read his stuff regularly because TI is a paywall. Uh, website <laughs> yeah. i think that's worth the subscription price by the way um they're linked up with rivals is that right right yeah that's okay. under rivals yeah so you kind of get you get like the rivals recruiting element and then you get the awesome writing of those guys yeah so. in, in between crack quacking tiger uh, articles you can you can check out ti that's right <laughs> in between all sts posts and you know spending your time on the tnet boards um, yeah check out ti yeah and alex Kraft and, and matt dbbm Give them a plug because they do a great job. Well, I think what we should maybe do in an upcoming show, we talked about looking ahead, filling the void of the next couple months. Why don't we spend one of the shows going through like all the news sources and outlets and podcasts we consume um, to bring you guys such great commentary on this podcast. Um, such in-depth analysis. Right. Yes. Would be very happy to talk through like who do we follow on Twitter, like you know, all of our news sources and outlets. We'd be happy to share that if you guys would find that useful. So um, let's do that. So can we talk about Jerron Blossom game? Is that yeah? We got time. Like, Let's do it. We have like five minutes. Yeah. Okay. So he's got he has till May twenty fifth. By the time this gets published, the announcement will probably already be out. Whether or not he will officially declare for the NBA draft, or if he will return to school. Um, so well, is he in this? There's yeah. this kind of fill me in here. There's this period where, first of all, he could have signed an agent. You know, in in early April when he declared that he was going to test the waters. Right, uh, but he opted not to because he will have the capability to come back if he wants. He's going to kind of dip his toe in the water, go through the combine. Is that right? Right, and they used okay. to, I think they used to allow this, and now they've uh, re-upped on it. Re-upped on it because it's important that these guys and a lot of guys, underclassmen, are declaring. They're becoming evaluated, and they get their grade, and now they're more informed. They can go back to school if they need to improve their stock, or they can say, "Hey, I'm actually where I want to be, and I can go." Jerron Blossom game is right there on the fringe, um, and he set his. His uh, the cutoff at the top forty picks, which I think is my argument is 
why not just be the first round? If he can get a guarantee in that top 32, or is it 30, 32 teams? Right? Uh, there's 30. 30, 30 teams? 30. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, 28. Really? Yeah. Okay, if you can be... <laughs> 30 is baseball, 32 is NFL. Yeah, 32 is NFL. Sorry. So if you can be in that top round and you're going late first round, which is it's fair to assume he could go there, then you're going to a quality organization. If you fall yeah. into the number 35 talking, pick... Right, then you're then you're back at the Sixers or the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets, yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's dysfunction. That's the thing right. that Clemson fans don't account for, that a lot of casual fans... You be, you go, you're like KJ McDaniels. You become an NBA journeyman within your first year, and he has he certainly has talent like McDaniels does. He could have he could have if he goes to the right organization, he could yeah. have been from a bench player to a rotation player, and then he's talking about six man. You know, if he's yeah. playing for, I mean, I don't know that he cracks playing time with the Cavs or the Warriors or even, but he could probably play for the Thunder, the get Clips, some playing time there, Clippers. the Clippers for sure. You know, these teams that have really good stars and just are lacking for depth um, from a guy that can shoot. NBA wing, and that's the thing. It's not like the college, it's not college anymore. There's no power forward. The, the the power forward position is gone. It's it's so 2008. Um, the days of Carl Malone and uh, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, yeah. Right. It's it's space and pace. Um, they want guys. It's versatility, that, really, and it's right. guys that can not only score and beat you multiple ways, driving to the driving to the rack and shooting deep. I mean, Draymond Green plays for the Warriors. Exceptional player, drafted late first round or second round and when he came out the yeah he can't it was in the second round and he yeah. came out the knock on him was he's too small to be a power forward right um because you know back then he wasn't the quintessential power forward is he yeah. but he can he be a three yeah and we'll let the the siren pass the the beauties of living in the, the wonderful city of sf that's right um but anyway, so yeah, he he didn't fit that prototypical three or four position. He was an, he was a tweener, which, which that now is a good thing. And you could say the same about Blossom game. He is probably a three, you know, traditionally. A, a, but he can also guard a four. He can probably guard a two. Mm-hmm. He can guard three positions. That's huge. He's got great measurables. Super athletic. Nice yeah, vertical. This, this season, you mentioned that he improved his shooting quite quite a bit. Twenty from twenty nine percent his sophomore year to forty five percent. Three point three point percentage. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Scouts love seeing that. That means, I mean, that didn't. Then that's just not like a fluke. You obviously worked on your jump shot in the off season. That shows there's a willingness to to improve. Um, so what what are we getting at here? At yeah, the, at the let me the ask day, you. I mean, is it? Do, if you're a drawn blossom game, and let's say you get a top forty, let's say you do get top forty, but maybe not first round grade, are you going? Like, do you think there's anything that can he can be he can improve on at Clemson to next year? make it even higher up and get a bigger payday he can improve on his game definitely absolutely does that make a difference with his stock and where he might go does that put him in a better position is it worth the risk of injury of maybe being exploited maybe or maybe maybe his shooting percentage drops some progression drops enough to yeah which is very likely 45 percent is really damn good yeah um, so I think if he gets a, the assurance, of a guarantee from a scout that he is in the first round, and by the way, they make they make these guarantees. They might, we don't know about it. We sure. don't hear about it on Twitter, but it happens. If the Clippers say so it, the Trailblazers or Clippers, right? Yeah, then I think he should go. And if he doesn't, I think he should come back. I think it should be pretty black and white, pretty cut and dry. If he's mm-hmm. number thirty three pick and he's going to go to the Nets, screw it, man, yeah. come back. Mm-hmm. And he can learn from KJ McDaniel's. I think. You know, looking at getting drafted by the Sixers and languishing there, languishing on the bench in Houston, 
I mean, I imagine KJ could have improved his stock by coming back to the NBA one more, or sorry, coming back to Clemson one more year. Absolutely. Um, the knock on him back then, it still is, he can't shoot. And luckily, Blossom game has proven that he can, but um, he's still, I mean, he, he could prove that he's better at um, getting his own offense, creating his own offense, some of his ball skills, creating um, plays off the dribble, being a better all-around playmaker. Right. Um, just everything. Can he defend, be a better defender, just a complete lockdown, you know, all ACC type defender. And I think those are the things, but even so you come back, does it mean you're going to be a late lottery pick? Probably not. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, top first round. Yes. Um, second round, any, anywhere in the second round now, by the way, if they, as this relates to Clemson, if he comes back, I think they are absolutely squarely an NCAA tournament team. If he doesn't come back, they're think, squarely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the same holds true. He's that bit much of a swing in the right yeah. direction. And um, our our co podcast host, I don't know what you would call that, Ben. Um, he think you know he's bullish, of course, always on Clemson, and he thinks regardless of if we get Jerron back or not, you know the transfers we have coming in can be great. But I mean, you add a would be NBA first rounder, you know, to the mix, of course we're going to be better. Yeah. And Duke is only getting that much better. I mean, North Carolina, I think, disappointed a little bit in the tournament, but they had, um, well. I mean, they almost they won it. well. <laughs> but they recruit they recruit yeah. well too. Um, anyway, I yeah, I think the ACC is only getting harder around us. So it's it's becoming the conference they thought it would be. So yeah, yeah it's not going to be a walk in the park, right? And Blossom Game is the kind of guy when you're in those fifty fifty games or those road games against Pitt, for right. example, yep. that will be the difference in winning the game or not. Right. Because I'm sorry, Marquise Reed is good, but he's not going to carry. He's not all ACC. Yeah. Uh, Shelton Mitchell hasn't proven anything. Transfer from Vanderbilt. Um, very much an unproven commodity. Avery Holmes. We have a big not, man from A and M coming in, I think, too, who, right? Who had issues, weight issues, personal issues with yeah. his coach. Not a proven commodity. Has right. proven I think nothing. It's really about getting the pieces to fit, and you know, yeah. I'm I'm pretty happy we haven't gotten rid of Brad Brown. Now I think he's able to make transfers, acclimate, and you know, make. You this like work. that he's taking this bold step of going for transfers and trying to. I, I do. Switch and, up. You know, get it, get the talent how he can, and I'm I'm also glad in the, that the administration didn't fire Brownell and have to first of all swallow that five million dollar or whatever the, the tag price tag was. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm mostly happy from a financial standpoint for Clemson, <laughs> but also give the guy another shot. Um, let his system, let him prove that his plan will or will not fail. But I think if you. If we can throw John Blossom game into that mix, it helps it's, a lot. It's a really good team because yeah. I think you're the same way that we rely on these um, these upperclassmen in football to bring the younger guys along, uh, the Ben Bowers, so you're not thrusting Shaq Smith right in there at the spotlight at, at Will Linebacker. Well, you're relying on a guy like Blossom game to come back, so Marquise yeah. Reed is not dependent on to be the star. Or um, I can't remember the guy from A&M who's coming. Give him a year to develop. But if he's not there, if he doesn't bridge us to the next year. Then I think you're going to see another non coaching change. And, yeah, or, yeah. Or we're not going to make it to the tournament. It could be a coaching change from there. Right. Um, but I guess all that said, I mean, you know, taking our Clemson fandom aside, wish the best for John Blossom game here. And if he's cannot hold against him going in, into the NBA, if he if he gets what he he sees out of it, he's definitely got what it takes. So if he feels confident, then I'm I'm surprised he hasn't gotten a late first round guarantee. He maybe has. Uh, sticking with basketball, and we'll, we'll keep this pretty brief. Um, have you been watching any of the NBA playoffs? Just just the Warriors, and I'm sorry I don't haven't watched your Caps because I watch the Warriors every night. I've been going out because it's it's that time, yep. conference finals. 
and it's then, exciting in San Francisco. I mean, everyone here, they won the right. title last year. There's certainly some bandwagon bandwagonerism happening, but it's exciting. I mean, the it's, Bay has embraced that team. The Cavs are playing the best they played all year. I haven't been able to dial in as much on them, but it's super exciting. Super exciting. Yeah. Good to see Toronto. Toronto won last night against the Cavs, giving them their first loss. They're 10-1 and now in the playoffs, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Cavs react. Um, personally, I'm looking for... Kyrie and Kevin Love to, you know, find their find their footing after a really lousy performance. I think in the finals they can't afford to have either player, let alone both at the same time, have a down game um, and expect to win or advance or you know win the title. So um, I, I definitely think I think Cleveland will probably win in five, maybe six. Um, but I'm hoping, you know, if they do lose one more, it's not going to be Toronto tying the series in Game Four. Yeah, that um, makes it for a grind it out. It's a grind. Five, it, six, that and point, seven. And a lot of traveling. Put, put more minutes, put more travel, and it's it's a short flight and all that. But um, Save it up for the finals because the dubs yeah. or the thunder, are, they're going to be ready. Yeah, it's so gonna be... Both of those teams are juggernauts, and um, they just give you both different looks. I mean, people have asked me, they're like, which team do you want to face? I definitely want Warriors-Cavs. I mean, first of all, like... I, really? I probably, yeah, I want a rematch. Not based off of who you think they'll have the most success with. Correct. Yeah. Hmm. I mean... I actually don't know who they would match up best against. I will say I thought the Cavs did a great job last year shutting down Curry as, as much as they could in a seven-game series. Um, yeah. If you go back and look at his stats, they were not that great against Cleveland. Um, he was very jittery in the first two games, or right. first three games, There's I think. some nerves. And then they, which, they settled in. I think it was nerves, but it was Matt Delavidova. It was in his head. You know, He's pesky as hell. People call him dirty. There might be something to that, but um, it's nothing Curry hasn't seen right. like, this whole year now. And totally, I, I'm, so I mean, yeah. it's going to be a different Cavs team. It's going to be a different Warriors team. I just want to see that rematch. Yeah, you and know. can't discount the Cavs because they didn't have Kyrie, they didn't have Kevin Love, and right. Kevin Love is being utilized more in their offense now. Thank God, and yeah. uh, and yeah. they're playing probably the best that they played in mm-hmm. this two year era. Yeah, I think so. I will say, if you listeners who maybe aren't hardcore NBA fans, um, if you're going to spend any time watching basketball the rest of the year watch the Western Conference Finals games. Watch the Thunder, watch Golden State. It is unbelievable basketball being played. Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and the Thunder Bigs are like, they They had a kind of a rough game too, but um, I mean, that that's just an awesome team going up against what might be one of the best teams of all time. And um, it's been, it's going to be basically one of those heavy round fight series. I think that's going to go seven, um, unless the Warriors, mm. you know, blow them out in, in OKC. Uh, but I think it's going to go seven. Yeah. I still think Golden State's going to win it, um, that series at least. But I think Game Three will. will, will it's going to be yeah. Whoever wins Thunder, Game Three is probably winning the series. But right, um, and they seem to rely a lot on momentum. They do. They right. will be at home. Mm-hmm. But you can't. In terms that's of a just, tough. That's probably the hardest arena. It used to be Oracle was the best home court advantage. But I mean, I, we could comment on this. I think the tech. Tech money or whatever it is um, is priced out the average Golden State fan. Yeah, you know because I mean conference finals tickets are going for like lower bowl are going for like five grand. Yeah, in, in Oklahoma City, it's it's a similar dynamic, but it's just oil money in the it's first or second money. row, and then right. a bunch of freaking Oklahoma rednecks who <laughs> who it's, it's like a college. Uh, I think it's college. Atmosphere. It's a college atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. OKC is kind of a it's a metro area, if you will, but. Yeah, I don't want to. There are rednecks there. For, don't get me wrong. For Oklahoma I mean, City, look, they, just, I don't wanna... they just enacted laws to like. I don't know. We don't need to get into politics, but um, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the state had uh, some. It's a felony to 
practice abortion something like that anyway oh god anyway uh yeah watch that series guys if you want to watch the Cavs, cool um, they're playing really good ball. As long as LeBron, Toronto doesn't sneak by the Cavs, it's got all the makings for the best NBA Finals. Um, in a few years, definitely. Yeah, quite um, some time. So pencil that in. That's what we're doing in our evenings. Why not? I mean, there's only so there's no much. football on. There's only so much Feldman and, and Mandel podcasts you can listen to. Exactly. Hearing about their top 25. Yep. Well, that's all I had. Anything else, Cody? Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, um, I guess we'll be back in a few days here. Um, Clemson baseball is making some waves. We just swept Notre Dame on the road. Glad you gave them a plug. I mean, yeah, we we got to get Ben on to talk about the baseball. Yeah. And by the way, if anyone's still listening, please give us suggestions on how much you would like to hear about baseball and basketball as well. Right. I mean, if at all, you're here. You know, you probably found us or you know heard about us, whatever. Came to us to listen to football. We're going to be talking about football, even if you didn't. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we care about the other sports too. We just want to give the people what they want. And we're happy to act as like an aggregator for a bunch of different national media, uh, you know, whoever's covering Clemson, and just kind of report on that, whatever. But if, yep. if you're still listening, SCS comments. <laughs> uh, that's where you can find us. That's right. Give us feedback, Ben. Don't disguise yourself uh, as a SCS person and go on and say you want more has baseball. he been to s has he been to that website i don't think he has a username yeah. i think he's i hate usc i think he, i think he's <laughs> that's that, him. i think he's that guy <laughs> all right perfect that's been just trolling us <laughs> nice all right well uh thanks for tuning in y'all we will catch you next time go tigers